0: Tim Weisberg with you, and now we have a special treat for you, a pre-Halloween treat. We are joined by the one and only Jeff Belanger, a good friend of mine, and also the man in the paranormal, and he's here to talk with us about his new project, of which, well, it's, it's... It's been around now for a year now. It's the Emmy-nominated New England Legends. Jeff Belanger joins us to talk about the new upcoming edition, which will air Wednesday night at 8 o'clock on WSBE, Rhode Island PBS station, and also Thursday, October 30th on WGBY. And uh, good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm great, Tim. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. So Emmy-nominated New England Legends, that's uh, that's pretty special.
1: I know, and and hopefully just for, you know, uh, another... uh six or eight months or so we can say nominated because seriously, we really tried to step it up this year. It's, it's a funny thing, Tim. Losing the Emmy was one of the most motivating uh, events of my career. <laughs> it was so cool. you know. Like um, We did this thing last year, my, my partner in this, Tony Dunn, who works at WGBY and we'd worked together on projects in the past and we'd, we'd been saying for years there should be a series about all these great legends. And so last year we pooled our own money and resources, begged our friends for help and and gathered everything up and we did two episodes and it was Tony's idea to submit it for an Emmy and and, you know keep in mind that costs a bunch of money no one you know you don't do that for free oh really and so uh, I was like, oh, it's a waste of money, Tony. Come on, you know. We didn't do this to win awards. And then um, so I said, okay, fine. So we did. We submitted. And then I got nominated. I'm like, Tony, I told you it was something special. I told you. <laughs> you. know, and um, and so it was really exciting. We went to the whole dinner and everything. And, and then, you know, it's, it's this, this thrilling moment. You're watching people go up and get that famous statue, and it looks heavy and substantial. And you start thinking, like, you know, I've got this spot on the mantle. I could just totally clear that off, be perfect right there. And then, you know, your, your category comes up, you hear your name, and you oh, my gosh, and, and it was someone else. And uh, the whole ride home, all we talked about was all the things we could do better this year, and we did. We stepped it up in a big, big way. For one, we interviewed Tim Weisberg in the episode, and that's something we didn't do last year. And
0: me virtually guaranteed now.
1: I, I, I mean, I'm, believe me, the, the spot's already cleared off. I, I had lights installed that's shining on this empty space right now. You know, <laughs> I've got laser sensors in case anyone tries to steal the thing that will eventually be there. So it'll be uh, it'll be
0: good. Well, I mean that's good though because a lot of people would have that happen, and and they might think, oh man, you know, we put our heart and soul into this, and and it, and it just wasn't good enough. But you're looking at it as, hey, look at how great that it was that it it rose uh, above and it, it rose to the cream of the crop, and and now you know what you need to do to just make it that much better.
1: You know, I, I everything in my career, every book I've written, every project I've ever worked on. I just, I always truly believe that my best work is ahead of me. I, I believe it in my heart of hearts, you know. Uh, that, okay, yeah, okay, I'm proud. Of, I'm, you know, I'm proud of some of the stuff I've done, and, and I think some of it's really cool. But if I ever get to the point where I'm like, I'm the best, I'm flawless, this is amazing, then I then I will cease to get better at what I do. If you can't find room room for improvement in whatever it is that you do. Then you're done. You're finished. Hang it up. Just just go home. You know you 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 can't get better. You know, and that's that's to me is the ultimate tragedy. You know, um, and so it, it's it, everything you do you can improve on. And so this year, everything we did working on the episode, we looked at the stories. We agonized over it. Um, we did three stories instead of two. We we looked at each one. We said, how can we do this? How can we make it tighter, better? Everything, and and you were there. You were there for the shoot at Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, and you know, you get to see us work. It's, a, it's just three of us that are out there in the field, you know, and Everything is just okay. Yeah, that looks good, but is it great? Is it as good as it can be? Is this, you know, Emmy worthy? And when you know you're in that league, man, it's really exciting. Then yeah, I know we may not win next year, and that's okay because, because, seriously, I know we stepped up our game. And next year, we'll, we'll step it up yet again.
0: And, and a lot of folks, uh, of course, know you as the series writer and researcher for Ghost Adventures, and people are huge fans of 30 odd minutes, in which you also take a look at a lot of the same subject matter just in a different perspective. But w- what is it that makes New England Legends Different from some of the other work
1: that you do, yeah. You know, here's the thing: when we started doing Legends, we we had said right from the start, um, this is not a ghost hunting show. You know, we're not going to break out the gear. We're not going to. It's not shot in any night vision whatsoever. It's about the stories and about the history. You know, it's very much a, a PBS show. You know, we, we wanted to set ourselves apart by really going back to the kinds of shows that I used to watch when I was growing up. You know, like haunted history and things like that. Shows that really intrigued me when I was younger and just got me hooked on the rich tapestry of story, you know, that evolves around these haunts and these historic places. And so that was really, it's really, you know, an homage back to the old days of paranormal programming. Before it was all about the personalities investigating it. You know, I, I I don't want to, as the host, I don't want to be in the way of the story. I don't want it to be all about me. I want it to be all about these locations and the people who had the experiences. And so that, I think, what sets us apart is we're just going old school on it.
0: And, of course, being New England legends, uh, the, the region has a great uh, long history of, of legends that are just uh, – a lot of them have a paranormal theme to them. We have a lot of ghost stories. We have a lot of supernatural tales that we have in this area. But it doesn't have to be just about that when, when telling a good story.
1: Of course not. You know, here's the thing: history is a ghost story. You know, we, we, the biggest tragedy to history would be to turn it all into just facts and figures, dates and numbers, and so on. You know, w- these stories are the things that, that bind us together. They they make our communities more than just buildings and streets. Um, and especially in an era, you know, where we live in towns that are just being turned into box stores and strip malls and chain restaurants and so on, that are really losing their identity and losing their soul. These legends are the thing that can never be taken away from them. You know, you, you can never take away that haunted building or haunted lore or, uh, you know, mysterious, you know, UFO sighting spot or, you know, place where Bigfoot's been seen. These things that make a community unique. And while some people scoff at it, some people, you know, despise it, It's only because they're speaking from their own belief system, it really is something special. And it's just as much a part of those communities as you know, the the first mayors and selectmen and, you know, the, the the founding fathers. It really is something that makes those communities stand out. And it, not only that, it's kind of a secret, if you think about it. You know, when someone first comes to your town and says, uh, you know, if they look like a schmuck and they're like, hey, what's weird here? You know, I'm looking for ghosts and monsters. Tell me about it. You know, you, you might look them up and down and go, yeah, I don't know. Go to another town. You know, shoo. But if they're sincere, and if they seem genuine, and if they really, you know, revere this subject, you might say, you know what, I will tell you a story. You seem okay. And what you're saying is I trust you. You know, I'm trusting you with this tale, this tale that is something, you know, beyond just the the basics. And and that's a special thing, and you're connecting with someone, and that person is connecting with the community in a way that uh, can sometimes take years (laughs) to happen in any other setting. You know, um, you sometimes you have to live in a town for a long time before they really take you in as a local. Um, but this way, you're you're getting into the kind of like the private vaults, um, you know, very quickly.
0: Oh, absolutely! And, and by seeing y- yourself and and, uh, and and Tony as people who want to chronicle uh, not only the legendary side of things, but also, you know, you want to make sure that you get the facts out there. When a lot of the times it, they get skewed and and the history, you know, uh, the great line from the man who shot Liberty Valance is, you know, when the legend becomes fact, print the legend, and that's become the case with a lot of these stories. But you're able to actually, being the researcher and writer that you are, uh, delve into it and find all the historical information that is correct, as opposed to just what's been popular.
1: Well, one of the things that happens, and I know you've seen this too, Tim, where um, you know a psychic will say something somewhere, <clears throat> you know, and uh, and then that becomes, it gets repeated so many times. Like you said, the the the. the the fact becomes legend, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that gets repeated so often that people start to say, well, well, it must be true. Some people repeat it so much. And it just came from someone who got an impression somewhere along the way. And it, and it might fit the story well enough that we just bought into it. Uh, like Lizzie Bordenhouse, you know, um, people have made accusations about the motive for that m- murder was that Andrew was allegedly molesting his daughter. And there's, there's nothing to back that up at all except a, a psychic impression, and you can say, well, if that is true, then yes, I could see why she would kill her father that way in such a bloody, passionate you know, manner. Um, but there's nothing to back that up at all, and it gets repeated so many times that people now just kind of say it. And and that's you know, we got to be careful. We're still dragging someone's name through the mud, even if they've been dead over a century.
0: Uh, exactly. And and now with uh, with this edition of New England, well, t- talk to us about the first uh, DVDs of New England legends that people can purchase uh, from your website, jeffbalanger.com. But what what were the stories that you explored uh, in the initial uh, episodes of the project?
1: So the first episode was called um, Excuse me. It was called uh, the Spooky Berkshires, and we went out to Western Massachusetts. And we, we we tackled two different stories. One was the Houghton Mansion in North Adams, Mass., which is this great haunt built by the first mayor of North Adams um, uh, and A.C. Houghton. And it's one of these great uh, New England tragedies. You know, he went out for a car ride with his daughter and some family friends up to Vermont. And uh, on August first, 1914, the car hits a soft shoulder, rolls down the hill, and the, one of the women are killed instantly, uh, A.C. Houghton's daughter, is is uh, injured terribly and dies a few hours later in the hospital and the men escape seemingly without injury and the next morning their chauffeur t- chauffeur took his own life because he felt so much guilt over it and 10 days later AC Houghton dies they say of a broken heart but you know perhaps internal injuries sure, might be yeah. more accurate and yeah. and then that that house became a well-known haunt you know you've got this perfect tragic setting and people talked about the ghost there for years and years and years. It's a Masonic temple, which only adds to the intrigue. So we covered that, and, and that was that's an amazing building. I know you've been there. And then um, we also talked about um, uh, October Mountain, which was also in Western Mass, and it's this beautiful place in the Berkshires that has ghost sightings, because uh, there, there used to be a logging community up there. There's an old cemetery that's all but lost. You have to know where to find it. Uh, UFO sightings that have been made the papers, and Bigfoot sightings that have also made the papers. So it's interesting when you've got this one area, this one mountain, that's got all these, uh, this, this whole paranormal buffet, if you will, up there. And it's really gorgeous, and it's a really you know, special place. And so we kind of uh, delve into that as well.
0: Well, you talk too about places that are very protective of their legends and 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 of their history. And I know that that area is certainly. Uh, and I only spent a little bit of time up there, but you can see it pretty quickly. Uh, just talking to the locals, uh, they are very protective of their stories. So it must have been kind of a hard nut to crack getting out there and, and telling these tales.
1: It is, but, you know, one of the things that happens when you've been doing this long enough and, you know, you know the right people and it it, it gets easier because people know, like, oh, you're that guy. You do take it seriously and you are respectful of it and people do open up to you. And, I, and believe me, every single time uh, I, I take that. I don't take that lightly, you know, that, that people are trusting me with their stories and their legends. And, um, you know, because I get it. This touches on some really, you know, touchy subjects all around the board from, you know, religion and, and uh, history, sometimes tragic history. History you're not necessarily proud of. You know, a community may not be thrilled with the fact that a, a gruesome murder took place here. Um, so it, it's one of those things to, to, to get people to open up about it is really special.
0: Well, uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back on the other side, let's talk about this edition of New England Legends, uh, and we'll we'll go through each of the locations uh, that are featured in the episode, and we can talk about, particularly here in New Bedford, uh, Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, which a lot of folks out there listening, you're probably either there now or on your way there to take your morning walk. You know, it's a, it's a great brisk morning for that, and a lot of folks spend time there, and they might not realize all of the history that goes on there. So we'll talk about that coming up with our guest, Jeff Belanger, in just a moment. Stay tuned here on WBSM. We are talking with Jeff Belanger. He is the host and executive producer of New England Legends, amongst many other projects. But uh, we do want to let everybody know that Jeff is also a very big New England Patriots fan, and you can take part in the big game flyaway WBSM and Amaral's Market want to send you to the big game. You can enter to win tickets to see your favorite football team play anywhere in the country. Just log on to WBSM.com for more information. And for your chance to win, the big game flyaway is brought to you by Amaral's Market in New Bedford. And, and, and Jeff, if you got the chance to go see the Patriots play uh, in, in any other NFL location, where do you think you might want to go?
1: Oh, man. um like like on the schedule or anywhere?
0: Yeah, anywhere on the schedule this year. Well, actually, you know what? Anywhere.
1: Anywhere. You know, I'd love to see them in Pittsburgh, and I'd love to see them in Denver.
0: Yeah, that, that would certainly be a couple of great places where you can also investigate some local legends and lore while you're out there as well.
1: Oh, way to tie it back. That was sweet.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Too bad you're not a baseball fan. We could launch into a talk about Chavez Ravine. but
1: No, I'm not a baseball fan. Too many games.
0: Yeah, that's Who's true. who have got the time? You can focus for a couple of hours 16 times a year or that's 20 right. if we're lucky. That's right. yeah. so, I love it. We were talking about New England legends. Can we
1: tell a a Jeff and Tim story real quick? Sure, absolutely. So here's a funny thing. I am a a rabid Patriots fan, and uh, Tim, as many of you probably know, gets to cover the games. And he's, he's there at Gillette often during the games. And he and I will text each other during the games. And it's often... Just endless swearing <laughs> if anyone could read them, you know they're completely out of context unless you know oh, there was a patriot game during this this barrage of texts back and forth right, and it's uh it would be pretty humorous to just uh to read those sometimes and forget that there was a patriots game on
0: i I, I don't want to give away too much of the the context of those tweets, but uh let's just say that the a s p c a would be questioning you uh, based on <laughs>
1: Uh, the FCC, the ASPC, everybody—I'm pretty sure there's not a, a group out there that wouldn't, you know, lynch us for what, what's written in those super-secret texts.
0: And, and also, even if somebody did know they were about football and read them, they might not realize when, you know, sometimes we're just we're just venting and, and just kidding because, you know, we don't we don't think Tom Brady is done. We don't think that he's a girl. No, of course not. But sometimes, you know, we get frustrated. But of course. And, and that's what's great is that you're able to, uh, you, you know, you're able to. Turn that fan, you know, as much as you are a fan, you're able to compartmentalize that. And that's something that I think uh, actually bodes well for you in in all that you're able to do. And you're able to take these stories uh, that we're talking about here with New England Legends and you're able to say, okay, I know that that's a legend. I know that that's the lore that's behind it. But let me just put it in this box and do a little bit more investigating before I open that one back up again.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I I, I love where we live, man. I love New England. I I truly do. I was born here. I I can't imagine. I get to visit all over the world. And that's an awesome opportunity. But everywhere I go, I've never been to a place... Or, you know, I've never gone somewhere and said, oh, I could live here. It's always, no, 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 New England's home, you know, as much as I love to visit other places. And I think we have a sensibility around here. You know, we've got, you know, you go to California and people are just so friendly and open, it freaks us out. (laughs) You know, like, hey, let's be best friends, come over for dinner. We're like, whoa, 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 I don't even know you, you know. And people accuse us of being cold, but I think we're just slower to warm up, you know. We're we're just more cautious that way. And uh, it's it's just a... um, you know, it's a different way of doing things, and I, I like that. I appreciate it because when you do get let in, you know it's for real, and um, it, there's something more permanent about it. So, um, you know, and, and speaking of getting in, the locations that we did on this this Maritime Mysteries, the third episode, uh, were so gracious. You know, when when they, it's cool when you have an idea in your heart and you're trying to explain it to someone. Look, this is what we're trying to do. It's not a ghost hunting show, and they say, you know what? Come on down. It sounds awesome. We want to be a part of this. And like I said before, I don't take that lightly when people are willing to share their story.
0: And we'll, we will talk about those locations coming up after the news. But one of those uh, locations, of course, was right here in New Bedford at Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, and that was a place that uh, initially it took us some doing to be able to get into when we went in there with Legend Trips That's to right. be able to have an event there. They were they were cautious because they'd only let a few people in for investigations in the past.
1: And, and boy, we got more than we bargained for that night, didn't we?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And, and we'll hear about that right after this.
0: Absolutely, we will talk about that. And uh, I, I also think too that it's it's one of those places where, uh, as people learn about it and as they find out the history about it, uh, they realize it was so much more than they originally thought. I mean, I remember telling you about it, and it was something that you hadn't even really heard of.
1: I know. And then when you went and saw it, it blew you away. I know. it's one of those stories where you just you're like, oh, okay, a fort. Okay, got it. You know. But then you get there and you see this complex. You know, it's easy in our modern times to forget. That not that long ago, you know, 1940s and all times prior to that, that an invasion in America was going to come from the ocean. You know, mm-hmm. today we know it, it's going to come from the air, and, and defending the shores is not quite the same. doesn't mean that we have ships and boats and submarines to do that now, but back then... You know, if, if we were going to get attacked, it was going to happen over the water. And places like New Bedford, you know, the preeminent whaling port, really, you know, in the on, in the Northeast, um, was a huge target. You you disrupt New Bedford, you disrupt a lot of industries. You know, you can really do some damage to this country. And so that that land was was in contention since the very beginning. Since um, you know, it, the the first skirmish that happened there was during the Revolutionary War, during Gray's Raid. You know, the the uh, the Brits came and they 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 really did some damage to New Bedford, and it took decades for the city to recover.
0: Well, we will talk about that. We'll talk about some of the other locations in the upcoming edition of New England Legends. If you would like to tune in, you will be able to do so this coming Wednesday night on Rhode Island PBS WSBE. Jeff will be there uh, in studio as part of the Fall Pledge Drive as well. We'll talk about that coming up and we'll find out. Maybe maybe we can even uh, let people know how they can purchase the DVDs, but also we're going to give away a set of New England Legends DVDs as well before the end of the hour. So stay tuned for your chance to win. But now we will go in to the newsroom with the man who is a legend unto himself, the one, the only Greg DeRoches. Timothy Weisberg here with you on WBSM. And uh, joining us, we have Jeff Polanger, who you know from his work on the show, Ghost Adventures, as well as his talk show, 30-odd Minutes, which you can see uh, locally on all the cable systems. Uh, you also know him from his work, his many books, uh, The World's Most Haunted Places, Weird Massachusetts. Uh, really, there's a whole bookshelf. If you go into any bookstore in the area, there's an entire bookshelf of Jeff Belanger Books. And now he is giving you the same uh, attention and love for the story that he did in those books. He's now putting that into New England Legends. Uh, the new episode will air on Rhode Island PBS is coming Wednesday at 8 p.m. as part of their Fall Pledge Drive. And, and Jeff, that must be pretty special to, to be involved with the Pledge Drive, to have them say, we need you to come in and help us raise money.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it is very exciting. Uh, so I'll be in there, and, and um, you know, as part of the Pledge, you can... Uh, you can get the d v d s you can also get um moremel sauna placebook is is one of the other things that we're going to be pledging that night in addition you know to the show and so i 'll be there in the breaks and i 'm already thinking remember there was that that Simpsons episode where they said you know if you're watching p b s and you're not paying you 're stealing <laughs> <laughs> i'm so ready to quote that.
0: Well, yes. that's, that's, I, lo- I love the idea of uh, of having you in there because uh, they they usually will open up the phones and let people talk to you, and uh, <laughs> you, you know you, people can interact with you. And, and And I think your personality will be a breath of fresh air for some of the uh, the usual people they bring in for some of these pledge drives, where it's really more about you know just trying to get money out of you instead of
1: entertaining you. I can hear it already. Mom, seriously, I appreciate you calling, but hang up <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun honestly i don't know I love people, man. I really do everybody 's got a story, and you know we 're all part of these we become part of each other's stories. The more we interact, the more we get out there and you know we live in this era of social media where we 're anything but social we we've stopped living outside and and we 're just focused on you know status updates and things like that i 'm just as guilty by the way i i 've been Tweeting and Facebooking while we've been on the show, telling people to listen. So you know, but at the same time, like you gotta get out there and you gotta talk to people, and and there's there's something that happens. It's magical, you know, when people open up to you, and 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 it will be fun. It'll be fun to be taking calls there on Wednesday night.
0: And you'll hear, uh, you know, because you're talking to a Rhode Island audience too, and they are the people of. Southeastern Massachusetts, where a couple of these locations are featured in the new edition of New England legends yeah. so you 're going to hear people who have been there and had their own experiences and had their own uh, creepy parts of the history of these locations
1: that'll be cool. I would love people to call in and share their own stories if they 've had um, experiences at these places, you know so uh, you know the, the three places we cover in this episode are the Rose Island Lighthouse outside of Newport, and then we we head uh, into Newport to explore the mysteries of Newport Tower, not haunted but um, definitely intriguing. It's the no one no one argues that it's the oldest standing structure in the state of Rhode Island. Who built it is what's up for debate, and we explore that as well. And then, um, then we of course we go to, to Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, where you and I went uh, for that event. You know, oh, gosh, two years ago was it? Three years ago?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 2010, I think. No. Oh my it, gosh. No, time like go? 11 or, I don't know. It, uh, they all run together in my mind after a while.
1: Yeah. No. I, well, at our age, we're lucky we remember to put on pants each day.
0: Well, but that was one of those places where you know I'd, I'd been. I've lived here for a long time, for over 20 years, and I've heard stories from people having experiences there, and I'd heard some of the legends myself. And I said, well, some of these sound a little bit too good to be true. So we decided to uh, try and, and have a Legend Trips event there. We talked to one of the paranormal groups that had investigated there, and it turns out there was some activity happening. So he said, let's let's give it a try. Let's see if, you know, this, this location in New Bedford that isn't really all that well-known, uh, especially in the paranormal community, let's see if that will draw some people in. And sure enough, people couldn't wait to get in there and have the chance to go inside the fort.
1: It was great. It was a special place. Uh, It still is a special place. And that's what drew me back there to to cover this story. Because, you know, as we started to say before the break, you know, it it started with the Revolutionary War, and then uh, a Civil War era fort was built there. Because, you know, again, you have to put yourself into the context of the day. You know, was the North really worried about a a naval invasion from the Confederacy? A little bit, because they were shooting up the coast, and they were, you know, the naval forces of the Confederacy were trying to disrupt supply lines. So it wasn't that far-fetched to think that it could have reached you know historically now you can look back and say well of course the confederacy wasn't going to make it up to massachusetts but you didn't know that at the time. It was a real threat. And so these fort, this fort was built. Then World War I and World War II come along. It's been modernized. These batteries have been built all over the complex. It housed hundreds of soldiers. Um, you know, And, and it's just uh, an incredible place. And, and during World War II, again, the threat of, of a naval invasion from Germany. German U-boats were sighted off the east coast. It was not an impossibility to think that they were going to have to fire those, those 12-inch guns 16 miles into the harbor to defend us.
0: And one of the uh, more fascinating parts about that is learning, as you had mentioned before, the fact that there had uh, that point had always been used as defense in in some way or another. So even before they built the stone fort that's there now, even before they had the wooden fort that used to be on the site, which is why it's called Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, uh, the you know the fact that that had always been used as a defense point probably imprints itself upon the area and imprints itself upon the land
1: there. It does, and so you've got this rich history, and it's even interesting, you know, uh, it's called, it was, people confused the names, Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, it's technically Fort Rodman, but people call it Fort Tabor because during the Civil War, uh, you know, actually, it, the the U.S. government was building this stone fortress there, but the Civil War broke out and they stopped, and then, you know, because obviously their their resources had to be, you know, put to the war effort. But uh, the mayor, Tabor, uh, Mayor Isaac Tabor of New Bedford, said, well, shoot, we can't sit around and wait. And so he gathered locals and and ordered that an earthworks fort be built there to defend the city. And the the city, rightfully so, was so proud of him, they named it in his honor. They named it Fort Tabor. So it was called Fort Tabor forever. And then finally the Civil War ends. The the government finishes the fort there and so on. And it was eventually named after uh, Rodman, who was a a Civil War um, veteran, um, actually not veteran, he had died uh, during one of the battles, and so it was named in his honor and some people just never could get by that not that it, it, Rodman wasn't just as noble of a person, but you know people still call it Fort Tabor after the mayor that made sure it was there in the first place.
0: And what I love about it is when you go there now, the staff that's there are fantastic. Uh, Joe and Bob and everybody yeah. over there, they, they do a great job at the Military Museum of making sure that people know the history by the time they leave, and they have an appreciation for it. A lot of folks just look at it as a great place to take a walk, uh, a great place to ride a bike, a, a beach to swim in in the summertime, but it's, it's so much more than that.
1: It, it is, and it's it's gorgeous, too. It's a gorgeous park. I mean, every time we've been there, you, there's this little beach area there, and there's that nice pier that goes out on the water. It's an amazing place, an amazing resource for New Bedford, and all this history around there. But you know what? It's got a darker side as well, and that's something I know you've personally experienced. And it makes me wonder, you know, some places have this, this regular noble history, but then darkness gets brought in. And back in one of the batteries, and I think we should probably avoid saying the name, um, back in one of the batteries, you know, Kids are sneaking in there, and you can see spray-painted gang signs. You can find beer bottles and booze bottles on the floor, mm-hmm. and littered everywhere. Drug paraphernalia, and then, of course, uh, deep, deep inside, we found some really disturbing symbols. You know, satanic symbols where- that makes us think possibly cult activities taking place back there away from watchful eyes yeah, that, that is desecrating history
0: that was very disturbing uh, for me because uh, as we're standing there looking at it we're like this goes beyond you know the normal uh, teenage prank stuff absolutely and and that all of a sudden what was supposed to be just be a nice you know summer day of, of filming turned into okay maybe maybe we should second guess being here right now
1: you know, it, when when you look at the details of it, and and you you know you consult with some people that know more about it than than we do, it it gets a little frightening because you say, okay, I, I know this is this is a dark, scary place, but we're kind of used to that. We've been in many dark, scary places for years. We it's kind of our thing. It's in our know? blood, yeah. So so that's not the concern. The concern is always we've made the joke forever, but it's so true. Dead people don't scare us so much. It's the living ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hate to be back there. Trying to film this documentary, and suddenly that cult, whoever made those symbols, walks in, you know, meaning business.
0: I mean, we've been in that situation with the Legend Trips event there where that's right. I, I had a group in there, and now all of a sudden a bunch of teenagers start walking in with a case of beer and telling us we're not supposed to be in there. We're like, well, <laughs> well, wait a minute, we are the ones that have permission to be here. You're not supposed to be here.
1: Yeah, that, that takes some guts to, to, to say that, but you know, you're well, I, I totally think that
0: right. case might have been half empty already,
1: so they yeah, might have been full right. of liquid yeah, they courage some beer muscles for sure but you know it's it's um it's an amazing place it's an incredible amount of history and you know you kind of step back in time when you go to these places you 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 tune into that that bygone era i remember when we filmed at rose island lighthouse thinking the same thing thinking wow you know it's an island and if you're if you're heading over the newport bridge into newport it's that little island right off the bridge you can see it if you're it's off off on the right if you're coming into newport and you think about Wow, that must have been the loneliest place in the world because, number one, you're on an island. You have to stay there for a long period of time. And the job is basically just keep the light going. Keep it going during storms and, and during darkness. And, and it's an important, noble job. But it also must be maddeningly boring. And at the same time, there's Newport right across the water, you know, half a mile away maybe, just right there. You know, this, this, this great Gatsby-like Newport right there, and you just watch it from a distance. You can't touch it. You can't get there. You're stuck mm. on this island. You know, it must have just been really, um, you know, you feel that. It's human empathy when you're when you're in those locations.
0: And that's what's great about New England Legends and about being able to tell these stories and strip away a lot of the expectations of if it was a ghost hunting show, if it was, uh, you know, a, a reality TV, an unscripted reality show, whatever you wanted to call it. Sure. By taking all that away and saying, no, this is about the story and this is about that aspect of it, it allows you to get into the feelings that people might have felt. It gives you the psychology of the location as much as it does the history and the the physicality of it.
1: It does. We're so proud of it, you know, honestly. And again, this year, too, it's just like last year. We funded it ourselves. Um, We're grateful to get the support of Rhode Island PBS and WGBY PBS out in Springfield, Mass. And we're trying to get it on other New England stations as well. It's being reviewed by various uh, other affiliates. And it's, this is something we just believe in it so much that we put all of our time, money, and energy into it. Because I, I feel like if we could get it into a regular series, we would, first of all, we'd never run out of material. We could go for 100 years, you know, and we would never come close to running out of, uh, <clears throat> out of material because there is so much to draw from. Um, but it, it's, it's just um, it's a labor of love, and it was, it's great. You know, I appreciate you being involved as well and some of our legend trippers who came down to share their story.
0: Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see the finished product. It'll be this Wednesday at 8 o'clock on Rhode Island PBS. If you want to tune in, you can also pledge as well uh, during the show, and you can get some good prizes, but also you get the chance to help support PBS and keep programs like this going. Why don't we take another break? When we come back, we can open up the phone lines, and then at the end of the hour uh, we will give you the opportunity to win a set of New England Legends DVDs as well. So you're, you're up for taking some phone calls, Jeff?
1: Sounds good. Let's All do right.
0: it. We'll do that coming up in just a few moments here on WBSM. Welcome back. And with us, we have Jeff Belanger. He is the host and executive producer of New England Legends, which will be showing its new episode, Maritime Legends, coming up Wednesday at eight o'clock on Rhode Island PBS. You can tune in and watch it and call in and pledge and still be done in time to watch Ghost Hunters. Right, Jeff? (laughs) <laughs> absolutely that's that's what people are are concerned about is making sure they can get all their Halloween and, and paranormal programming fit into yep. a schedule.
1: We're on at eight o'clock, so no worries
0: and uh, And of course, some of the ghost hunters may just be watching that. Oh come episode.
1: on, Amy, watch. <laughs>
0: We do have a call on the line for you. If anybody would like to call in and talk with Jeff, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And we will give away a set of New England Legends DVDs uh, before the end of the show. Well, actually, at the end of the show, during the news. And uh, and it'll just be, you know, Jeff, you're going to ship these out to whoever wins, too, right?
1: Uh, yeah, no problem. They will ship next week.
0: So you don't have to be local. You can call from anywhere. All right. Good morning. You're on WBSM with Jeff Belanger. Oh, can you hear me?
1: I, did, I
0: can, but I, I just knocked Jeff off because I forgot to lock him in, so hang on one second.
2: I am actually driving to work, and I really don't know what the topic is, so I was just figured I'd just call and say hi to Jeff.
0: Oh, well, well we're, we're talking about New England Legends, his new documentary uh, series that is out on, on PBS.
2: Saw a very small, small clip yesterday, and I didn't get much more on the feed, so I wasn't sure if it was a computer issue or what, but... Uh, I'm really not um, familiar with the show too much because I actually live out here in Montana, so really get too much of that stuff unless he you know puts it on YouTube or something like that. Well, that's so. okay
0: because you can still order the DVDs. They're available uh, from JeffBelanger.com.
2: Great, So I could do that. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely do that. I already told him I would.
0: <laughs> All right, I, I will tell him. Uh, He's uh, in the process of calling back in. That was that was my bad.
2: No, you're fine, but that's okay. I gotta get.
1: To-
0: Oh, and I just cut her off to put Chef on. (laughs) I'm having a bad day on phones, I think.
1: Man, oh, man. They must be haunted.
0: You know, this, this happens every once in a while. Uh, it, it, you know, everybody that we know talks about the whole Mercury retrograde thing. Right. And so I have that brief period of time where I can uh, just blame everything on that. That's right. And this is one of those times when, uh, you know, once once we come out of it, that's when I'm like, well, I'm still readjusting for Mercury retrograde. Is, the,
1: is Mer- Mercury done retrograding now? I think it is, yes. Or is it, I heard Mercury was in Uranus.
0: <laughs> There's no proof to that rumor. Okay. All right. We do have another call on the line, uh, 508-996-0500, 877 1420, and good morning, you're on with Jeff Belanger, and I think everybody will be okay this time. Hello? Hi, you're on the air.
2: Tim? Jeff? I'm here. Hey, (laughs) you're pushing the right buttons, Tim.
0: So I always push the right buttons.
2: Uh, Heyo. Oh, hey, don't get that girl from Rochester going again. (laughs) You
0: have a question uh, for Jeff?
2: uh, You guys did something on the USS Salem, right? Yep. Uh, can you tell me anything about that? Because that was my uh, my father, my late father's uh, ship that he was uh, stationed on.
1: Yeah, the the Salem was. Um, I I I don't know what the future holds for the USS Salem right now, but for for a long time you could visit it in Quincy, um, in Quincy, Massachusetts. Yeah. Amazing ship, um, you know. Tim, we went there last year, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, last summer.
1: Yeah, last summer, and it's just an incredible ship. You know, again, walking into a bygone era, you get on that 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 vessel, and you just imagine what it must have been like, you know, World War II, post-World War II, um, you know, sailing the seas on this, this giant peacekeeper, you know, um, an incredible place. Did you, uh, sir, have you ever been in, on the ship yourself?
2: No, I, actually, two weeks before me and my father was going to board the ship, and he was going to show me where his initial were carved in a bulkhead, uh, he died of, was, he was fallen ill to cancer, so oh,
1: he never sorry. kept to
2: go, and I never went, and I still want to go. Uh, and like you said, it's in, it's, it's in Quincy. Yeah, oh, it's so about bad, I know yeah, they,
1: uh, the museum itself has, has been shut down, and I think they're trying to figure out what to do with the ship um, uh, to try to get it open again.
0: So but, Yeah, there was some talk of moving it to Salem itself. There was some talk of moving it to, uh, uh, to East Boston or South Boston and... So far, nothing has happened on that, but it's because that whole pier, the whole area where, where it's attached, is, uh, is falling apart and will no longer be able to uh, hold it, and they, they don't, the MBTA, which owns the lot, doesn't want to spend the money to repair it for the Salem to continue to operate there.
2: Mm. It's almost like the city the state pier here in New Bedford uh, when the Morgan came. We had to do a lot of uh, major rapid repairs.
0: Yeah, and Morgan is definitely a haunted ship. We've heard uh, plenty of people that had experiences with, with that ship. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully the Salem will have a chance for people to get back on it. We had a great time. Yeah. Uh, we we were actually the last event that they had on the ship before uh, before the shutdown happened.
1: That's is right.
2: You, yeah, uh, no, that's, what did you experience a great on place. the ship?
0: You know, I I know with my group we didn't have a whole lot going on. We had some minor stuff, a lot of knocking, a lot of uh, you know phantom sounds, but nothing overwhelming. I don't know, Jeff. Uh, what, I don't remember if anything was going on in your group.
1: Yeah, you know, people uh, people had felt that they had uh, had sensed things or seen things. We we did. Um, Someone thought they saw a kid run by, and there were no children around, obviously not not at that time. Um, we had a funky experiment going. We had a um an iPhone app that could make um, uh, Morse code flashing on your on your your flash so we were we were typing out messages thinking like well, anyone on this ship would have known Morse code, you had to be you know you, you had to know Morse code back then as a sailor so uh, we we tried some of those experiments. It was really interesting, and of course, you're in a giant faraday cage, so if you're doing EVP or whatever, you know, radio signals uh, and things like that are, are pretty well blocked uh, when you're down in, in you know the, the lower parts of the ship. So it was really a cool experience. That was cool. All right, well, yeah, thank... My father was a radar man. Yeah, well, yes he was. If the, I'm sure they'll get open one of these days somewhere, and you should definitely go. God, I should have went. Okay. Right,
0: thank you for the call. Hey,
1: Thanks. have a great weekend.
0: You too. And uh, we we only have a few seconds left, so I apologize to the caller that's calling in. We will not be able to get to you, uh, but. That's alright, because you can always tune into Jeff Belanger on Tuesday nights on 30 odd minutes. Uh, you can go to 30 oddminutescom to find out what channel it's on in your area or to watch it right there on the site itself. And of course, New England Legends will be on Wednesday at 8 o'clock on Rhode Island PBS. Jeff will be there in the studio. And, uh, and we wish you a lot of luck with this project, Jeff. I know that it's, it's, Definitely, Of course, Emmy nominated. And now that you know what it takes to get nominated, as you said, you're only going to make it bigger and better. So really looking forward to seeing the final product on Wednesday.
1: Thank you so much, Tim, and thanks for having me on this morning. Thanks for being a part of this, man. I appreciate your friendship over the years. all
0: Oh, happy to. So what should I do? Should I take caller 666 to give away a set of DVDs? (laughs) That
1: could take a while.
0: All right, so we'll go with the first caller to call in and, uh, and give us the name of exactly who Fort Tabor or Fort Rodman was named after. Jeff mentioned it earlier 508-996-0500 thanks jeff talk to you soon take care